0: Last Sunday, we heard that mysterious call of Abraham, of God calling Abraham to take his son, to bind him, to sacrifice him, the long-awaited one, one that he and his wife had hoped for for so long. He was to kill. God had entered into a covenantal relationship with Abraham. And like the covenantal relationship of husband and wife, it creates duties, responsibilities. God was faithful to Abraham. He had made promises to him and he was seeing them through. And so it was only right that Abraham would respond in kind and fulfill what was asked of him come what may. It was only on the other side of the fulfillment of his responsibility that he came to know what he did not know and could not see or comprehend. As we mentioned, citing a rabbi who's developing ancient sages commentary, it was the preciousness of a child, the dignity, the miracle of every single one in the context of a society that frequently offered them to the gods, killing them, leaving them. Only on the other side of the fulfillment of his responsibility did he come to know what was unknown in that time. This was consistent with Abraham's and God's history. For example, God had come to Abraham and called him to leave all that he knew. Leave your father's house. Abraham was 75 years old when the call came to him still living in his dad's house. Talk about failure to launch. (laughs) And finally he heard and answered and his life opened up to something extraordinary and new father of a host of nations, the beginning of God's doing something new. It's consistent with our responsibilities and their fulfillment. I mean, this is what's happening in part when you ask your kids to fulfill their responsibilities, the chores, the homework, volunteering, saying you're sorry. The benefits aren't exactly clear at the time. The costs typically are. But the type of person you can become, not so much. Kids, you'll become fragile if you construct a world without responsibilities. In other words, if you seek to construct a world in which you sneak by with with as much as you can, doing as little as you can, only acting according to your own wants and desires, living in a sense in a virtual world, diverting yourself as much as you can from what is asked of you, you'll become fragile. Because eventually... Something beyond your control will impose itself upon you in such a way that you cannot ignore or escape from into a virtual reality. Illness, loss, disappointment. That will break through and if you're not accustomed to accepting and responding to something beyond your own likes and comfort, your world will come crashing down, devastated and depressed. Will you be? Coming to know that which is unknown through fulfilling our responsibilities is especially true of our vocations. Think most of you to that day in which you said, I do. What a mysterious utterance you made. How could you see what was coming? A month down the road, a year down the road, 20 years down the road. Only on the other side of making concrete that I do, did you begin to know the type of person you could become. And then when children came along, how much more even were you asked to think not of yourself and to enter into that mystery which helped you to become something you were capable of being. I mean, priesthood is similar. We make promises at our ordination. Promises create responsibilities, the content of which are unknown at the time. And because they are unknown, They draw us out of our own small, self-centered existence, our plans, our preferences, and such. It begins with a call and with trust, and by fulfilling our duty, something that was beyond our grasp becomes obtainable. The commandments are an example like we heard in our first reading. Take, for example, keeping the Lord's day holy, keeping the Sabbath. Now, who did that apply to? What did you hear in the reading? Who was to keep that? A select group, certain individuals, whether you're a resident or an alien. Whether you're a slave owner or a slave, it all devolves upon you. So what practical application of this law was there on everyone on this day? Slave and slave owner have revealed that they are equal. Their dignity is the same. As it's been said numerous times, the shocking thing is not that there was slavery. That was present everywhere. The shocking thing is that slavery has been overcome to the degree that it has through the fidelity to what was asked. What was unknown, equality, dignity, became known to the fulfillment of the obligations. Something similar will happen with our campaign. You know, those who give themselves and their resources will obtain the spiritual benefit, the character growth available only through answering the call, trusting and fulfilling their duty. Those who don't contribute to the campaign may, and that's the operative word, those who don't contribute to the campaign may still have access to the church, we're unsure, but the person they could have been will elude them. And the adventure as well. Like if Abraham had stayed in his father's house all the days of his life. And it is an adventure, I was thinking of that the other day when the attorney for the Archdiocese sent me an amendment to the contract that we have on part of the land that we're selling. He sent it to me and to the real estate guy at the Archdiocese, and he says, please review this and let me know if it's okay. So I reviewed it. I said, well, it looks okay to me, but I think maybe I was gone on the day we studied this at the seminary. I think, (laughs) maybe. So we're full speed ahead on our projects. As you know, we have a contract on Hilltop School. Our closing is set for June on that, which will allow us time to do our due diligence so that when the Board of County Commissioners convenes to review our application, our conditional use application, we'll have gone through everything and know what we're getting into. And boy, is it thorough. Maybe you did this with your house. We certainly didn't do it with our new land, all the inspections. Lead, asbestos, mold, drinking water, sewer system, traffic studies, density of the insulation, roof, mechanical, and on and on. It's amazing. And we're nearly at the end of our interview process for our founding principal. To so right on track to open the doors as we had hoped in the fall of 2025. And then for our new campus, just last Monday at the Olathe Planning Commission meeting, our preliminary development plan was approved. Now, if you're like me, it sounds good, but you're like, what does that actually mean? It means that the totality of our campus, all the designs, were accepted by the city Simply on the cons- consent agenda, meaning there was no public debate over it. And that, with numerous variances or waivers that we had requested, is you probably understand cities create a certain threshold to meet in terms of building standards, you know, so you don't have ugly communities basically. But those ordinances don't typically have in mind like a classically designed church that has lots of limestone on the front, but not as much glass as they might want to see, for example. So even with all those numerous requests for variances, it was passed, which is extraordinary. So we want to thank the county and the city as they help us through. And so now, well, now our attention turns to the campaign, which for light-heartedly and lovingly speaking of as a crusade. It just sounds like more of an adventure, doesn't it? A crusade. We've done studying. We are in the midst of our planning phase, and the kickoff will be after Easter. The way this will look is that everyone is going to receive a letter from me. It's going to be very eloquently written, so you're going to want to respond quickly, completely. In that letter, there'll be an amount proposed to each and every family. How do we arrive at the number for that amount? Well, we hire consultants and draw upon their experience, and they're using especially charitable giving and other factors to create a number that they'll propose to you, keeping in mind that for our project, everyone will need to participate and everyone will need to stretch, to sacrifice in order to reach that goal. So what you see may be, oh, that's right on target with what I was thinking, or maybe too much, or maybe too little, but the point is discern. That's what's being proposed. We have a videographer here this weekend. Maybe you'll see him wandering around. He asked me a question yesterday. How will you ask people for money? And I said, I'm not gonna ask people for money. I'm gonna present to everyone the mission that God is inviting them to participate in, which hearkens all the way back to Jesus' invitation to the apostles. Come, follow me. That's what it's about. So there will be a letter from me that hopefully you will discern and just know that no other parishioners are going to ask you for money. No other parishioners are going to know It's between you and me. And by the time I sign that letter, I will have forgotten the number enclosed. Please know that this must be beyond your regular offering. Please don't simply change your offertory contributions, what you put in the basket, to the campaign. Otherwise, there'll be a budget bloodbath. Okay, please don't do that. The way it's structured is that there's a leadership group from the parish called the Cabinet. The Cabinet met this past week part of their job is to reach out to many of you to ask you to become involved. So they're going to be calling you likely this week. Don't screen your phone calls. Don't send it to voicemail. Answer. And if you happen to be unavailable, reply to their voicemail with a phone call. You have been selected to do this. But no, we can't get through every person with a phone call at this point in time. So there are cards in the pew in which you could volunteer. And simply what you're volunteering to do is to meet with people, visit with them about the projects, and then accept their pledges. You're not going to have to talk about money whatsoever. Respond generously. Remember that God spoke to Abraham through strangers. So when you get that call, answer as though he's the one inviting you. Respond generously if our response is a reflection of our faith and is an act of worship. That's especially what the gospel was about. Driving out the animals, Jesus was saying, that form of worship is no more. No more will you take an animal and say, this represents me. No, he said, true worship is going to be doing what I do. Offering your very self, all you have and are. May we hear God's call, trust as Jesus did, and obtain what we never could otherwise.